Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest. Your hermitage of the heart. Your monastery of the mind, where we lift our hearts and minds to heaven to draw upon the wisdom of the saints to help us navigate the tumult of this life. Jordan Burke, what saint are we drawing upon today? St. Alphonsus Liguori, doctor of the church. Doctor of the the church. One of my all-time favorite saints. His life was amazing, too. Have you ever studied how young he was when he became a doctor? It, when he got his, his doctorate in law and all I'm of that. I'm not familiar with that. I, I've heard it, but I don't recall it. Yeah, it was in his teens. Yeah. And then when he's in his 20s, he's he's rocking the whole legal world. And then he lost a case. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right. I remember that at, now. Because of negligence really yeah. wrecked him. Yeah. But it, it his reaction to losing that case is he, uh, it's really fascinating. He goes, well, I'm going to go serve the poor. And he goes to this hospital where people are suffering and he just serves them probably processing what happened beating himself up because he was he was pretty scrupulous but i think he was ordained by 30 you know then so that was like a turning point i may be getting some of the details a little bit off but fundamentally just an intellect off the chart huge heart huge love of god so he's he is also one of my favorites and what i love about him is Teresa of avila was a big played a huge part in his life and Mm -hmm. his understanding Mm -hmm. Of prayer yeah so i'm wondering how much of that tragedy that failure tragedy in quotes right but that yeah. failure um i'm sure at the time it felt like a tragedy to him you know played a role in creating this book because if you think about it how he reacted to that situation like what was happening to him yeah brought about another a greater good mm-hmm. it was quite remarkable but it's just interesting yeah i think if that formed him in I'm sure it did it was a big it was a big deal because he was super conscientious never you know he when he's representing people or cases he always wanted to be on the the right side of things the just side of things Mm -hmm. and and to make a mistake and he and it all happened in a public context you know the other the other his opponent basically went just kind of set him up and exposed him yeah Yeah. and so it it was humiliating right in, in every way. And yeah. so I, I'm sure, I mean, it, it seems as biographers, it seems to be that was a turning point where probably a shift in who am I, who am I called to be, what am I doing here? And then eventually, not very long after he became a, he became a priest. So it was ordained. Yeah, great. So we're on, uh, in terms of finding peace in the storm, our discussion is on page 63. And we're entering into a chapter that is super meaningful to me because St. Alphonsus is talking about how people respond to bodily infirmities mm-hmm. and how they battle with bodily infirmities. And, you know, what, one of the things that he, 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 he says is, you know, with excessive infirmity, it's great to call out to your friends. I did that recently. I had a really rough year last year. And I said, I just need a lot of people praying for me because I'm not getting well. I don't have the right medical care and all that. And uh, and the Lord answered that prayer. And I got exemplary medical care. I mean, p- people came out of the woodwork saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'll, we'll help you. So that's legit. But what, what he's saying here, so that's, is that 
a lot of people and his, his language is pretty is pretty is a little bit a little bit harsh but he's saying but there are people who at every you know kind of illness they want uh, so he says it says it here on page 64 um it often happens that some on the occasion of slight illness even slight indisposition want the whole world to stand and sympathize with them in their illnesses which i thought was kind of a brutal comment and I, you know probably there was a time in my life when you know when i wasn't feeling good was like i've done that before yeah but you know it, it 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 isn't healthy i think it's just clarity i mean not to not to play semantics with brutality and clarity uh-huh. but i think you know especially in our time we have a lack of clarity and yeah. it's and it's just a clear hey not always uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's not always and we need that sort of kind of shocking statement because it is so doctrinal you, you know you talk about the difference between doctri- doctrinal language and relational language right it's not that relational language and sometimes we need that to say like oh, okay hold on to be I need jolted. to step back and really analyze whether or not this is worth you know complaining about. yeah 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 i you know in reading this i job has been on my mind for a while that's what's been the readings in mass yeah yeah yeah, that and then conversations and this that and the other and um this is this is what jumps out to me he says which page are you on uh 63 so he's saying what claim have we or what obligation is god under to give us a more brilliant mind or a more robust body who has ever offered a gift and then lays down the conditions upon which will he will accept it? Mm. You know, oh, I'll I'll receive this if only it's it looks it's the like right this. model. It's the right model, yeah. right color, right size. You know, otherwise, no, thank you. You can take it back, God. I I reject this body. I reject this mind you've given me. Thanks, not interested in. Yeah, and how know, dare you? Right. You know, let us thank God Mm -hmm. for what in his pure goodness he has given us and let us be content to with the manner in which he has given it, given it to us. Who knows, perhaps if God had given us greater talent, better health, a more personable appearance, appearance, we might have lost our souls. Right. I mean, just look at your social media (laughs) feed. Yeah. And think about what is it, you know, what is it? you know, what is the scripture verse? You know, what is it profit a man to gain the whole world, to gain the whole world and lose his soul? You know, what is it profit a man or a woman to have a perfect body, perfect mind, perfect life, perfect children, perfect children, ladies, listen, perfect children, you know, perfect household, perfect everything. If in the process we end up losing our soul, and, but we and, need what you're what you're implying is we need it. We I need mean, God infirmity. knows exactly what I need for my sanctification. He knows that you need to struggle mm-hmm. to breathe. Right. And and it crushes me sometimes. It pains me. I mean, I remember when we were first married, I remember as you were suffering because I was getting used to being married to a man of suffering mm-hmm. and and having my head on your chest, begging God. To breathe in you, to breathe through you as you were suffering. You know, that's hard. And and people go through that with their loved ones all the time. They're, you know, my family right now is trying to love and serve my mom. 
um, and her caregiver, my dad, in in their in their final elderly stage. years, in their final years, you know, and and my mom through what we thought was dementia, which now it's clearly Alzheimer's. You know, we suffer. And but I can't question God. I look at that situation. And even when I can't be there at her side, I'm looking at it going, you've willed this. You've allowed it for a greater purpose. There's something going on here. What's well, affecting everyone in the family. Everyone. Everyone is having to step up and, and you know, just be the best, incredible versions, versions of themselves. God be praised they are. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is, is we never know. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's really what he's coming at. You know, who are we? You know, I love the the greatest rebuke um, in the history of, you know, salvation history is the rebuke of God to Job. Like, where were you when well, I set the boundaries yeah. of the ocean? Where were you when, when I, I put said, the planet yeah, yeah. you know, and yeah. all of that? And it's just you sit there and you go, oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm nothing. You know, praise be Jesus Christ. God gives, you know, he takes away and blessed be the, blessed name, be of the, the name of the Lord. Mm. Right. Yeah. Something on your mind. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the the idea that there's no salvation without the cross. Right. And how do people really understand what that means? Because it's become kind of like a trite saying in right. a way to a lot of people. But it's the reality is you have to suffer. Jesus is explicitly clear about that in the gospels. Right. Explicitly clear. Take up your cross and follow me. You have to be crucified. So would people rather choose their own crosses and not know the potential outcomes because it may seem easier? It's like, oh yeah, no, give me this because I can handle it. I think I can handle I it. I got my own off switch though. Right, right. Without recognizing that like, no, God loves you and he knows exactly what you need to get you to heaven, to where you need to be. And he's going to prescribe exactly what you need for that to happen. And you, you know, and it's about trust, isn't it? Right. Yeah. It, it's really about, okay, you, he, he is trustworthy. He's a good, I love this phrase. He's a good father. It, it just moves me every time I hear it. Because I had a good father, you know, God rest his soul. But of course, our Heavenly Father is perfect in all in all ways. And he wants the best for us in all ways, in all circumstances. And but it's I think when we rail against circumstance, it's it reveals a lack of trust. Right. Because we don't think we don't consider this is a gift to us, given by him, and then and then think, and he knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. You know. But but that's but it's hard. Yeah, no, Cause, it's, cause it's very hard. Because well, it has talking, to be, it has to be difficult. Right, but we're we're talking about a level of self denial, you know, a complete dying of yourself. You know, I often re reflect back on when Christ was crucified, he didn't pull his arms in and self protect. You know, when he's being laid out on that cross, and you can look at, oh well, he was tired, he was scared. Oh, he no, could have destroyed wasn't. every single he, human being in he, that context. He. Right. And but in his humanity, he stretched out. He, he allowed himself to be crucified. He laid up on there. He kissed the cross. He was mocked for it. Right. I love that scene, you know, in the passion. And if we consider that, then it's this embracing of God's circumstances. And rather than railing against, ask the question, Lord, what are you doing in this? You know, you're either permitting it or allowing it. There's something more here. Right. There's something greater here How do I than do just my pain, just my opinion, just my discomfort, just the disruption to how I thought things were going to be. Yeah. Right. And I just think it's really important because it's often through that 
question that we begin the journey in the interior life. Right. Right. It's that's where we begin to say, okay, I need to quit just looking at myself. And in that question, then I become a person of prayer. Right. And it often become comes with just that one question. It's just that shift from myself, my own wants, my own needs, my own narcissism, my own pain, my own woundedness to Lord, what are you doing here? And what are you asking of me or asking of us in this, right? Yeah. That shift to an interior life. And it's a, it's a shift to peace as well. It's it's how you, and that's why I named the book, Finding Peace in the Storm. Because when you get this, that's what happens. You start living it, that's what happens is you, you realize you're in his hands and he's trustworthy. We get back from the break, we're going to continue our conversation Finding Peace in the Storm, Reflection on St. Alphonsus Seguri's Uniformity with God's Will by Sophia Institute Press. We'll be right back. The beautiful fact that no suffering is wasted, that all suffering has a purpose, and to wrestle with the idea, which is that everything that happens in our lives is either willed or permitted by God. Okay, God, why would you permit these things? I know that you're a good father and you're a loving father. So there's something there. So I, I have to bridge this gap between your permission of my suffering to your love for me as a father. And Uniformity with God's Will, the book by, by St. Alphonsus Liguori, bridges that gap. And he explains as only he can, because he's such a hard hitter, the reality that these are all moments of growth, of virtue, of, hey, your legs are weak. You're like a newborn deer. You can't stand on your own. We need to get you to stand on your own. You know, those sorts of things. Even even desolation, you know, the day-to-day kind of the ebbs and flows of the spiritual life. Those things are all permitted for a greater good, whatever that might be. Check out the brand new updated version of Uniformity with God's Will titled Finding Peace in the Storm with commentary by Dan Burke. Dan, Stephanie, and Jordan Burke, we're back, Divine Intimacy Radio, talking about finding peace in the storm, reflections on St. Alphonsus uh, Liguori's Uniformity with God's Will, the most powerful book. So there's a series of books that I love on this topic. One is Jacques Philippe's, the most modern one, um, Searching for and Maintaining Peace, just masterpiece. But that book is based on another work by uh, Jean-Pierre de Cossade, Sacrament of the Present Present Moment. moment. Best translations by Kitty Muggeridge, just if you're looking for that text, that one really rewired my brain to this topic. And then Liguri, when I discovered it because of you, Jordan, I just went, wow, this is the most, all three works have uniquely different perspectives and tones. This one's the most bold and confrontational. And I'd even recommend, you know, if you want, if, you, if you're feeling like, hey, I need this really bad, badly. I'd, I'd get all three and read well, all three. Throw in on Union with God from uh, St. Gregory the Great as well. Yes. Which is also very similar, but it's more poetic and a little mm-hmm. bit easier to yeah. get into. Yeah. But these but, books, these these saints, and in, in, I'll call Jacques Philippe a saint. He isn't, he's still alive, but they really help you to orient your heart and mind to the reality of how God works. And when you when you get that intellectually, so you understand it, and then you begin to correspond to it, meaning you orient your heart and mind to it, and then you choose as an act of the will to say yes to that reality, I promise you, and you will never come back to me 
and say you lied or you overpromised, you will begin to know the peace that passes understanding. Yeah. It is the secret to that challenge that we have. Yeah. So, you know, before the break, we were talking about, you know, Christ and laying his arms out and, and, and accepting what was happening. And I, I love how St. Alphonsus talks about this here because Christ is our model par yep. excellence, mm -hmm. right? So he talks about it here and he says, but when there is a case of real suffering, like incredible suffering, you get that diagnosis, the cancer, um, the cancer, the loss of a child, the, you know, the death of a spouse, you know, yeah, whatever it is, your marriage problems, uh, financial ruin, whatever it is, right? He says, uh, we have the example of our Lord, who at the approach of his bitter passion may known his state of his soul to his disciples, saying, my soul is sorrowful even unto death, and besought, besought his eternal father to deliver him from it. Father, if it be possible, let this chalice pass from, it, from me. Beautiful example, but I think it's important for us to understand Christ, fully God and fully man, Jesus, felt all that we feel. Mm. All way more. The, way more, but he felt it all. Mm -hmm. He wasn't floating through his passion mm. uh, as somebody, you know, as a God that was disconnected from and not suffering. He entered fully into it. And I think that's really important for us to understand. That's why we can trust in him. That's why we can trust in, in this teaching is that he shows us what to do. He says, your sorrow's okay. Your heart and your suffering is okay. Your heart, your heart breaking and feeling like your knees are buckling under you is okay. Offer them to me and do as I do. Join with Lord, me. If, if, you know, I offer you my pain, my feelings, my suffering, my frustrations, my anger, I offer this to you. Help me to learn how to carry this cross because on my own, I can't do it. Yeah. But with you, I know that I can do it. Currently going through meditations on the passion as my, my daily mental prayer. And a few days ago, was talking about exactly what you were talking about. And it was striking to consider the fact that Jesus, both God and man, had allowed himself to feel fully the human emotion in the suffering of the passion, mm -hmm. as well as the divine suffering that he experienced. And those two in combination were really striking. And I came to that same conclusion, which is he did this so that he could, he experienced the worst that anyone could ever experience. We can't, we can't even begin to fathom the suffering, but he did it so that we can look to him and say, you've been through this, you know, you know exactly what I'm going through. You know, you intimately know exactly what I'm going through. I can trust that you're going to carry me through mm -hmm. and, and help me. Yeah. You know, it's missing from a lot of conceptions of the, his suffering is we think overly about his humanity or excessively about his divinity as if it somehow canceled out his suffering or made his suffering easier, but it actually made it worse. Significantly. I think the best example I've ever heard is, have you ever been falsely, I know you've been falsely accused of something. Yeah. Now you're falsely accused, but falsely accused as a sinner yeah. who's sinned a lot, right. who deserves hell just on the... I mean, all of us do in the basis of a single mortal sin, right? How did that accusation feel to you? Oh, it was extremely painful. Horrifying, right? I wept, yeah. Yeah, so can you, but the more, the more pure you are and the more off the accusation is, the more it hurts. Right, right. Well, Jesus was perfectly right. pure. Right. The spotless lamb. Right. 
no sin, perfect love, nothing but love, yep. never did anything but love anyone the entire every moment of, of his life from the point he was conceived, allowing himself to become a creature. Right. That's like us allowing ourselves to become an ant or some insignificant. I mean, yeah. really think yeah. about it. Perfect love. Then the weight of all of the sins of humanity, past, present and future on him. It wasn't just about broken flesh on the back. Every single wound that he experienced was exponentially more painful to him than it ever would be to us. So imagine, so I was talking to someone about this recently. I said, imagine Jesus, as he's being scourged, mm -hmm. knew the name of the people who was scourging him. Right. Knew their lives. He brought them into existence. He, he brought them into existence. He knew who they were created to be. And yeah. he was calling them to repentance even in the midst of that. Yeah. Intimately knew them. Yeah. And someone that he loves was inflicting that pain upon him, right? As you said, as an innocent. Mm. Too much, mm. too much to talk about. Tell you, so, but okay, yeah. Finish your right. point. Well, and and so then then he tells us, you know, this petition is totally. He should, gives us the example of the petition. Like, what do we do when we're in that moment? We're we're not called to be Spock. We're not called to stuff this down. We're actually called to ask the Lord mm -hmm. to relieve it. Yeah. We're actually, he gives us an example. You should ask for relief. Yeah. You should ask for this to pass. You should ask for the healing, the restoration, the deliverance, whatever it is that is being placed on your heart. Pray for that. And then he says, what we should follow up with is, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Yeah. Not my will, but thine. Not my will, Lord. Your will be. If done. you don't heal me, right. thank you. Right. That's how I know I need it. If you if you don't relieve this pressure in my family, you know, blessed be the name of the Lord. Whatever is your will, let it be done. And it's that prayer that brings that brings it to perfection, because in that release to God's will, then his grace can move. We're not grasping. We're not holding on to him. We're not, you know, thrashing at him, but rather we're releasing it to his mercy, to his will, which is perfect. Mm -hmm. And his timing is perfect. And the thing is, is we don't understand that when we're going in through what we go through. Right. We don't understand it. So the next step in the, that process of getting to peace mm -hmm. is uniting your suffering with that of Jesus. Yeah. So how do you do that? And, and we talk about this as Catholics all the time. Offer well, it up. But we don't really Offer know. It up. Most Offer people are up. like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, how do you really do that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's often used <laughs> too trite <laughs> yeah, you get yeah. it's like you're suffering offer it up it's like thanks i was looking for help you know yeah, yeah, right. like, yeah that's helpful thank <laughs> yeah. you um but we actually answer that question right, like right. what do you do so the reader might ask how exactly can i unite my struggles with the suffering of christ the first step is to make an act of faith which then turns into a prayer and the act of faith is just a decision like jesus made that says i choose your will lord i and even if you don't like it, that's okay. It, it, because if it hurts like hell, that it does. That's just the reality. You, but you say, I choose it. And, and even if you're mixed motives, doesn't matter. One of the, my favorite prayers in the Bible is, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Doesn't matter if your motives are mixed. Just as an act of the will, say, I choose 
you know, I, I accept what you're doing here. Make an act of faith which turns into prayer. It's simply a decision based on faith to trust God and conform your heart and mind to his will. A resulting prayer might sound something like this. Lord, I embrace the suffering for love of you and your holy will. Please join my suffering to yours and for the salvation of the world. Often for me, I have names and specific things. You know, I, I, it's, it's crazy to be learning from your son who's just 30 something. But Jordan told me uh, while last year that he put on his watch a little buzz every hour. And I can't remember, how do you use that? What did you say you do that for? It, it just every hour on the hour, it, it buzzes and it tells me it's a new hour. And then I pray, I love you, Jesus, my love, grant that I may love you always and then do with me as you will. I think we talked about it before, but it's it's simply just to reiterate, it's a constant reorienting to God. Yeah, and, it's getting your compass back. But the, so, And that's a Liguri prayer, by yeah, the way, out yeah. of Station of the Cross. Yeah. But what I've done with mine is mine beeps every hour. And, I, and my prayer is all the suffering of the past hour, all the suffering mm. of the future next hour, I offer it up and join it with your suffering for some specific purpose. And, and I think it's key too, because as we've been going through this chapter today, I keep thinking about the fact that it's hard for people because we're, we're so turned internally, which is just concupiscence and, you know, sin. But do we have a recognition that God is actually with us? Mm -hmm. And the more that we force ourselves and the more that we realize eventually, so force and then to realize over time that God is with us and he's moving in our lives the easier it becomes to understand these these things. But it, it starts with that, like, no, God is here. He is real. He is acting. His hand is moving through these things. So these little practices help us to to really recognize that during the day, I think. I totally do. I mean, it, it, it helps to pull me out of whatever junk I'm in. And sometimes it's jarring because I'm in, I'm heading towards sin or imperfection or some kind of improper orientation to God, what he's doing. And I'm irritated or I'm frustrated. And then, you know, my thing buzzes and I'm like, okay, yeah. wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just a great, great thing. You know, have our watch go off and go, oh, that's right. There's Jesus God. is in, <laughs> Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And I'm not him. <laughs> right. He, thank God. Yeah, well, immediately. Yeah. You'd make a better one than me. But. Oh, that's very kind. So. so we're, we're really out of time. So if you want to uh, get the previous shows, uh, on this series we've done seven prior seven to shows, this yeah. they can find them all out on spiritualdirection.com right and our youtube page go YouTube. subscribe too many people are watching and they're not subscribed go subscribe, which is okay right but you should subscribe. We want you to, yeah, yeah no judgment but please subscribe yeah a little tiny us. bit of judgment but it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no seriously it does help the algorithms and you know anyone knows get to be a faithful catholic out on social media right now is to be opposed so the way you help is by going out to the youtube page and saying yeah like subscribe or whatever bell notifications anyway we're all done so until next time may the god of peace make you perfect in holiness may he preserve you whole and entire spirit soul and body irreproachable at the coming of our lord jesus christ amen Learn more about the interior life. Visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.